Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast, with yours truly, Nate Webb, the founder of Bullies Be Gone. Here on BBG, I go into all things kindness, bringing in guests and experts from all wakes of life. And we are all here for one reason and one reason only, to help you and your kids get over bullies, get off social media, and love your lives. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What is up, everybody? And welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. So many times as parents, we try and teach our kids good things and we have good intentions, but we end up shaming them into behaving how we want them to. Today, I am bringing back Carly Palmer Webb, aka the Christian Sex Educator, and we're going to talk about some of the ways that we've been shaming our kids when it comes to the way they dress and how we can teach them about modesty without shaming them into obedience. This one might make you uncomfortable and challenge your thinking, and that's exactly why it needs needs to happen. So listen up. But first, got to pay the bills. All right, everybody, we are back. Um, I have a familiar face with me here today. Carly Palmer Webb, aka the Christian sex educator, was here on the show not too long ago talking about sex and why we need to talk more about sex with our kids at a young age so they know what's going on. So curiosity doesn't kill the cat. Um, she's a researcher and expert in healthy sexual relationships and sex education. And today we're going to be discussing something very different, but also very important. It all started when I saw you address addressing the topic of modesty on your stories. Um, and basically, we've been shaming our kids into covering up. And that conversation <laughs> needs to change. Um, and so that's why we're here. And thanks so much for coming on the show again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Nate. It's good to be with you again. Absolutely. So I guess first off, why is this such a passionate talking point for you? I mean, sex education and modesty. I mean, I see how they go together, but man, on your, I don't know if you guys, you guys probably saw, but you, you were passionate. I'm like, dang, we need to talk about this. Yeah, I think two reasons that I care a lot about this specific topic. The first is that it's really personal for me. Mm. Um, I have the most fabulous parents. I mean, I totally lucked out in the parent department. Um, sex education was one area where they didn't excel. <laughs> and But while we didn't talk about sex or bodies or things like that, we did talk a ton about modesty with modesty being defined as covering up our bodies, mm. specifically for the girls. I have four girls in my family and one boy Oof. in my family ah. of origin. <laughs> Bless my brother's heart. So um, it's, it's something that I've had to work for a long time to figure out what I believe, because growing up, it was, you know, shorts all the way down to the knee, always having sleeves, never showing even the tiniest bit of cleavage. And that's what I thought modesty meant was covering my body. And I don't think that my parents said that I needed to cover up to, to keep men from thinking inappropriate thoughts, but that was a message that I got at church. So it's really, this topic is really precious to me because it's personal for me. Yes. I've had a yes. lot of, I've had to put in a lot of work to get through this, but also it's important to me because Christian women, especially really struggle to understand and embrace and appreciate their sexuality 
And part of that is because we teach them growing up that being sexy is a bad thing, that being um, attractive to other people means that you're causing them to sin. And so then they get into this setting <laughs> where they're supposed to be all sexy and excited to have sex with their spouse and they feel guilty and they don't know right. how to engage in this regard because we've taught them unhealthy um, ideas their whole life that now they can't separate themselves from. So modesty and, and healthy sexuality really do go hand in hand. The way mm -hmm. we understand modesty right, and the way we engage with our sexuality are really connected. I love that. Holy smokes. Well, guys, that's a podcast. So no, um, <laughs> no, but for real is like growing up. I mean, we're part of the same faith church, Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. And mm -hmm. yeah, especially among Christian audiences, it's cover up and like uh, for the strength of youth pamphlet, that talks like five ways that girls need to cover up and like, boys, you need to dress modestly. And like, that was it. And I'm like, um, um, is this how this works? So I guess for some baseline data, what is modesty for you? How do you define modesty? Mm -hmm. Modesty comes from the same word family as the word moderation. Mm. And moderation is just about not having excess or they're not being excess, not being um, overly something, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have a modest home it's a nice home it's sufficient for what you need mm -hmm. but it's not extravagant it's not over the top right right when you have when you're like anything that we use the word modest with right a mm -hmm. modest car a modest income it's it's not hiding it's not we're not embarrassed of it mm -hmm. it's good mm -hmm. it's just not it's not, there's not excess. It's not over the top. We're not showing off. Okay? Yeah. Sorry. I'm laughing because when someone says, oh yeah, we, we're, we're modest. Um, I'm, I'm like, that's, that, that's when rich people are trying to say they're not rich. Um, JK, JK, JK. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. All my wealthy, modest people out there. Um, <laughs> no, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, that's to me, modesty is about what's happening inside my brain mostly it's about mm. not being overly arrogant it's not showing off my body my intelligence what i have but it's also not hiding mm -hmm. i can dress in a way that helps me to not be vain or to uh, not be arrogant okay without thinking that modesty is covering these specific body parts so now when i'm dressing myself i try to when i'm dressing myself that sounded weird <laughs> when i get dressed <laughs> when i get dressed in the morning i try to have this conversation with myself instead of saying am i dressed modestly i'll ask myself is the way that i'm dressed going to help me to be a modest person, to be focused outward instead of focused inward, to avoid showing off, to avoid vanity. It's kind of this middle ground between hiding and if you've got it, flaunt it, right? There are people uh -huh. that believe in both camps and that's okay because everybody gets to choose what 
they're all about. Mm -hmm. There are people that believe we need to cover everything on one side. There are people that Mm -hmm. believe that, you know, if you've got it, just show it off to the world, you know? (laughs) Right. Modesty to me is somewhere in the middle. It's not hiding and it's not showing off. It's just living a modest life. It's living a life of moderation. I love that. Instead of asking yourself, am I covering up X, Y, and Z? Am Mm -hmm. I dressing in a way that's going to help me focus outward, not inward? That's going to help me be a modest person. And that's going to differ from person to person, y'all listening. So just because someone doesn't dress (laughs) like you do, doesn't mean they're not being modest for them. Because part of avoiding vanity is also avoiding judgment on others because they ain't like you. Um, so what are some of the problematic thought processes we are seeing in a lot of Christian communities surrounding modesty? We kind of talked about a little bit, but what's the culture so say around that? Um, I think the women needing to cover up to protect the thoughts of men is a really dangerous part of that culture. And I'm not saying that the way that women dress will not impact the thoughts of heterosexual men the way that men dress will also impact the thoughts of heterosexual women. Yes, (laughs) I can attest to that. I put a hat on backwards, dude. No, I'm kidding. Um. It's a real, we can impact the way that other people interact with us. Mm -hmm. That's a thing. And it's okay to say the way that you present yourself, we can say to our children, the way you present yourself may impact the way that other people interact with you. But saying you need to cover up this part of your body so that men don't make you a sexual object or so that men don't have inappropriate thoughts. So cringy. That's a really dangerous message. That's a dangerous message for men and for women. Super objectifying. Mm -hmm. And it teaches women that there are specific body parts that cause other people to sin that like my cleavage is the source of your inappropriate thoughts and that's my bad and that's just not okay and it it doesn't align with the gospel either we're not taught that it's our job to protect the thoughts of other people we're taught like if we have if we see something and have bad thoughts, like pluck out your eyes, <laughs> you know, it's, not, it's not up to other people to control our thoughts. So it's a negative message in that regard, but it also teaches men to essentially objectify women that aren't covering up those parts of bo- their bodies. It, it objectifies women's bodies to all people. It's not helping us to view each other as humans. It's not helping us to look people in the eyes and realize that they're human beings with lives and families. It just encourages us to think like, wow, she's showing a lot of this or that. Like I can see everything (laughs) there. Right. And that's, that's where our thought ends. Like, gosh, she's sure showing off, you know? Mm, Dang. Yeah. Good. Not a good process. And something that you brought up in your conversations a lot and that that modesty standards can sometimes sexualize people who aren't wanting to be sexualized Mm -hmm. by these modesty standards. So let's talk about that, because I know we got several folks on here that they are scratching their heads and like, wait, what's going like, 
modesty standards are sexualizing. I thought that's the other way around. I know it's an unintended consequence, but it's still a consequence nonetheless. So how, how do those, how do these standards sexualize people? Well, first of all, we have to look at the differences we see in dress code standards for men versus women. And that's one of the indicators that something's being sexualized. Not all dress codes sexualize, okay? But when we say, girls, you have to have shorts that are this specific length. But we don't say anything about shorts to men. Or we say, girls, you need to cover up your shoulders because the men around you can't focus. But we don't say, hey, guys, can you cover up your shoulders, please? Then Then it's not about like presenting yourself in a way that's appropriate for the setting. It's about covering up the parts of the girls' bodies that might distract other people. If it's focused on not distracting the people around you, if it's focused on other people not being able to control their thoughts, it's sexualizing. Mm. Yep. Period. And when it's only for girls and not for boys, I realize that a lot of these dress codes exist because the people who created them are trying to keep other people from sexualizing women and girls. I realize mm-hmm. that's the, the motive behind it. And I appreciate that motive. <laughs> but in saying like, girls, you need to cover up these parts of your bodies and boys don't, it's, it's actually contributing to the culture of sexualizing women's bodies in a way that doesn't happen for men's bodies or happens a lot less yeah good intentions don't matter when things are when when it still when the outcome still happens i mean the road to hurt is paved with good intentions i mean (laughs) to be quite honest here um so a lot of people one response that is quite common in young women is that young women need to cover up their stomachs and be modest because it helps men and young men not get aroused. And this sends red alarms blaring through every mental health expert listening right now because of what (laughs) you're talking about. Like, no, this is objectifying in so many ways. And I know a lot of people might be concerned saying like, oh, so just dress how you want and just throw in the towel with modesty. Like just do whatever the heck you want. I don't think that's what we're saying, is it? No. Well, we are saying, I believe wholeheartedly in sexual agency and agency otherwise. So I do believe people should do what they want. Yes. 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 But we're not saying that the way that you dress doesn't matter. And we're not saying that, like, we're not going to the flaunt it if you've got it camp, which if you're there, no shade. It's just not for me. That's okay. Um, We're not going there. We're saying we need to teach our children, regardless of gender, Mm -hmm. to dress in a way that feels comfortable for them and that's appropriate for the activity that they're participating in. Mm -hmm. And if we're focused on those two things, we can actually help them to avoid the flaunt it if you've got it mentality, if that's what you're worried about Mm -hmm. as a parent. I don't want my kids to be showing everything they've got all the time, but, but it's so we could get so deep into this, Nate, but basically (laughs) let me just say that in order to focus outward and not Mm -hmm. be thinking about what you look like, what you're wearing, a Mm -hmm. certain amount of coverage is actually required Yep. for most people. Research shows that. 
yeah. that you need to be covered to some amount in order to not feel, um, in order to avoid vanity or to avoid being self-conscious, a certain level of coverage is required. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's my job to keep other people from thinking inappropriate thoughts, but I can't go swimming in a string bikini and feel comfortable. That's just me. If you can, more power to you. But I can't go swimming in a string bikini and not be thinking about what I'm wearing or keeping things in place or, you know, I can't focus on the activity or the other people around me because I'm focused inward. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's not modest. Gotcha. We're not, we're not throwing in the towel and saying, it doesn't matter what you wear. We're saying we need to teach our children to wear things that will help them focus outward and help them focus on what they're experiencing instead of teaching them to wear something to protect other people. I love that. And because my next question is going to be, how can we reframe how we view modesty? And it's just that focusing on how we feel and what we can do so that we can still focus outward and not be focused on ourselves and not objectifying or sexualizing the people that we are trying to upbring and protect and help be good people because I know all of us are good people trying to raise good people and it's tough (laughs) being a parent okay I have a (laughs) three-year-old he has an iron will of steel and it is rough sometimes okay but but these things are good to learn that we can change the conversation around this so what would you what advice would you have for some of those young men who might be feeling like crap right now because let's say they do see someone and they feel themselves get aroused. And they're like, crap, no, this is the bad thing. Nick and Carly said, this is bad. What do I do? Ah. Well, I'm going to speak to everyone, regardless of gender, because we'll all experience this on some level. Let me first just say, if you experience arousal, when you see somebody attractive, when you see a kissing scene in a movie, when you think about someone that you like, that's a good thing. Yeah. It means that you're... (laughs) your body is functioning as it should this gift of a sexual nature that god has given you is working yay we're so happy about that part of the reason that i want to change the discussion around modesty is because it allows us to teach children and youth how to manage arousal instead of teaching them to avoid it because avoiding it isn't possible and it isn't healthy. No. But my message to those of you who will experience arousal, myself included, sometimes <laughs> all when of you, don't you will experience to. arousal. <laughs> right. Breaking it to you now. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you're in a situation where you don't want to experience arousal, but you will. I would just say to focus on two things. The first is if you're experiencing arousal because of seeing someone attractive or seeing someone who's showing a lot of their body that you find really attractive, um, the first thing I would recommend is to look at that person's face. Oftentimes in Christian circles, we're taught like the bounce your eyes idea. Like if you see something, if you see someone that's dressed immodestly, look away. I think that kind of makes the person an object. Like they are not a problem to be avoided. They're a person to be seen and loved. So Mm. if you're feeling aroused by their body, 
look at their face and think about who they are as a person. Are they smiling? Do they look discouraged? Mm -hmm. Do they have family around them? Do they look like they're having a good time? Maybe a hard day? Focus on their experience and that will turn your thoughts away from objectifying them in a really beautiful way. The other thing that I would recommend is instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person. I can't believe that I just objectified that person. I can't believe that I'm feeling aroused because of them. That judgment isn't helping you. And it doesn't serve that person either. So try to just kind of sit with it. Don't judge yourself for feeling arousal. That's a natural response to a stimulus. It's a good thing, y'all. Such a good thing. (laughs) So instead, just say, hmm, I'm feeling aroused. Why is that? What is the stimulus that I'm feeling aroused by? Hmm, that's interesting that I'm feeling aroused by that. That's good to know. What can I do right now to manage that arousal in a way that's appropriate for this setting and aligns with my values? Uh It's a totally different process than like, look away, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it, you know? Because that always works that way. (laughs) Be curious about your arousal, be gentle with yourself, and then look that person in the eyes if that's why you're feeling aroused. And think about their experience. And those two things combined help us to get away from objectifying someone and help us to manage arousal in a healthy way. I love this so (laughs) much. Oh my goodness. You're so encouraging, Nate. I I am so good about myself after I talk to you. (laughs) Well, good, because it's just so many. I know so many people feel so much shame when they get turned on, when they feel Mm -hmm. sexual arousal when it's a normal and good thing. And I love the idea of teaching us how to manage arousal instead of avoiding arousal. Because I know that avoiding arousal is typically what we've been taught in the Christian community. Bless our parents' souls. <laughs> they but tried. That is, they tried. They tried in the great people, but, but we've been taught to avoid it. And and even, even for some people who study sexual relationships, once we get married, it's like, woof, I know nothing. And so in order to help avoid some of that shame kids might feel once they get married, once they have a spouse, once they are in a place where they want to be sexually active, the way we talk about modesty now is going to impact how they feel about that later. So let's change the conversation around that. Thank you so much, Carly. It is always a pleasure talking with you. So in closing, how can people see what you're up to? Shameless plug time. Let's hear it. (laughs) You can always find me on Instagram, the Christian sex educator and my website, the Christian sex educator.com. And here's a fun shameless plug. My podcast launches on Friday. Nice. It's called the Christian Sex Educator Podcast. There's a trailer on, you know, Everything. all the podcast platforms now, but yeah. the first episodes launch on Friday. Yeah. And she also has a few really cool things. She has a newlywed course. She has a honeymoon course and she has a freebie, um, the uh, three day better sex in three days, sexual education, um, that she also has, um, go check 
all of those things out, guys, if that is what you want to do, because she is amazing. Go check her out. Go follow her. Um, also, go check out bulliesbe.gun and save the kids so you can have your daily dose of positivity. And if you want me in your school, church, or event, shoot me an email or a DM. Thank you for listening. Never forget, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next one.